0: Toward your spine, he said, it will be on. But I've been here 48 of those 50 years with my wife, Wendy. And um, there are some verses in John 1. It says, To those who did receive him, Jesus, uh, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children not born of human natural descent or of a husband's will, but born of God. And I really believe that about this church. I believe this church was born of God and born of His Spirit by His will, for His purposes, for His glory. And um, this morning, uh, I want to share with you a little bit about His Holy Spirit. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, please open our hearts and minds to hear your voice. Uh, To the scripture, Lord, you've breathed out for us, to the purposes that you have for us together. Point our hearts toward Jesus, our Lord and Savior, that we might worship and obey him. In his name always we pray, amen. So I'm going to start this morning with uh, a couple scenes from the book of Acts. In scene number one, we see uh, Paul at Ephesus. It says, while Paul was at Corinth, or I'm sorry, at Corinth, uh, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus, where he found some disciples, and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, 'Uh, no, we we hadn't even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. (laughs) Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. They spoke in tongues and prophesied, and there were about 12 men in all. Second scene. Peter and John are in Samaria. It says, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So what I want you to see from this is that whether you've walked with the Lord in the Spirit for many years, or you're like these brethren. They didn't even know that there was a Holy Spirit. They sincerely were seeking God. They were disciples, but they didn't. They were uninformed about the Holy Spirit. So today, I hope you'll leave, regardless of where you are in your walk with the Lord, uh, with a greater appreciation of the Holy Spirit, what He does in our lives. And a desire to experience more of his power and his presence, his gifts and his fruit in your own life. So what is the Holy Spirit? Well, the very first essential truth that you need to know about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is not a what. The Holy Spirit is a who. The Holy Spirit is not some kind of spiritual equivalent of electricity or nuclear energy or magic, you know, for those of you who grew up with Star Wars, the Holy Spirit is not the force, okay? The Holy Spirit is God. He's the person of God in the Spirit. He's the third person of the Trinity, and I'm not going to, my message isn't the Trinity this morning, but I'm going to go a little bit in that direction um, just by way of introduction. Nobody fully understands the Trinity. It's a paradox. It's a mystery. But we believe that God eternally exists in three persons the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one God, they're co equal, co eternal. They have precisely the same nature and attributes. They're worthy of precisely the same worship, confidence, and obedience. So there's one God, one God only. He exists in three persons. Those persons are equal and eternal. Distinct, but acting in unity. Customarily, we pray to the Father because Jesus teaches us to pray in this manner in the Lord's Prayer, or sometimes called the Our Father. But we also address the the risen Lord Jesus uh, we also pray to the Holy Spirit, I just did, um, asking Him to open our hearts and our eyes and our minds to Him. In, in Corinthians 12, 11, Paul talks about the Spirit. He says, the Spirit distributes His gifts just as He determines. And I wanted to just emphasize that part, just as He determines. What that tells us about the Holy Spirit is He has an intention. He has a will. He has purposes. He's a person. That's very important. That establishes our relationship with Him. It's not an impersonal relationship. It's a person-to-person relationship. Even though we can't see Him, He is Spirit. We can know Him. So what is our relationship to the Holy Spirit? how does he enter our lives second very important thing about the holy spirit he's a gift he's a gift gift from god you don't earn the holy spirit just like you don't earn your salvation it's a gift of god's grace and love in luke 19 i'm sorry in luke 11 9 through 13, Jesus says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks you for a fish, would give him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you're evil... Know how to get good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? This next slide maybe is the most important thing that I have to share with you today. If you're seeking a relationship with God in your life, if you desire to obey Him, God has a gift for you. It is His Holy Spirit. It's promised by God the Father to all who sincerely seek Him. He will come to you. He will live in you. He will transform your life. That's God's promise. So we know a little bit about who the Holy Spirit is, but why the Holy Spirit right before he's going up to be crucified, Jesus is with his disciples and he's talking with them. And he says this amazing thing to him, which must have seemed quite bizarre at the time. In John sixteen seven, he says, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, The advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So imagine, you know, these are people who love Jesus. They walked with him. They lived with him. He was their friend, their teacher. And he says, you know what? It's better for you if I go away. And they're like, no, it's not. But in fact, it's true. Jesus in his resurrected body... Could only be with a few people. But uh, the Holy Spirit is with us all, all the time, in whatever circumstance or situation we find ourselves in. And we'll see that through the Holy Spirit, we know everything that we know about God the Father and God the Son. The person of the Holy Spirit is so important in our lives as followers of Christ, that it was better for Jesus to go away and for the Holy Spirit to come. So God the Son asked God the Father to send God the Holy Spirit to live in us and empower us. The Greek word for the Holy Spirit is parakletos, and it means helper. And it's really that simple. If you desire to love and obey God, God promises you help. Not by offering you good advice or seven keys to success or ten ways to whatever. But the way he offers us help is he says, I'm going to come and take up my residence in your body by my spirit. And that's what he does. The Holy Spirit comes to live in us to dwell in us, to form Christ in us. That is the best gift he could have ever given us. And you might say, well, that's all wonderful, but it was for Jesus' disciples 2,000 years ago, right? Most certainly not. It's for you. It's for you. I would encourage you sometime, read the book of Acts. It's a wonderful account of the coming of the Holy Spirit and how he empowered the disciples to spread the good news throughout the world at that time. In Acts 2, Peter shared the gospel with the people on the street in Jerusalem. It said, they were cut to the heart. And they asked him, what shall we do? What shall we do? Given all that you've said, And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you. See if you can find yourself in here somewhere. For you, your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord will call. You're in there. And if you're asking today, Same question they asked. What shall I do? The answer is still the same. And the promise is still the same. First of all, change your mind about the way you're living. And set your mind on living for God. That's what it means to repent. Peter said to them, repent. Put your faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died for you. So that God the Father might forgive you and restore you in a relationship with him. Believe in Jesus. Make a public declaration of your intention to follow Jesus by being baptized in the name of Jesus. And then it says this. If you do these things, ask the Father, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's a promise that God's made. And that he will keep. So the Holy Spirit is a gift from God. He was sent to help us as we seek to follow Jesus. How does he do that? Let's look at some of the things that the Holy Spirit is doing. Because another essential fact about the Holy Spirit is he's not passive. He does things. He's always doing things. The first thing about the Holy Spirit is revelation. He came to reveal the Father and the Son. Everything we know about the Father and the Son comes through the work of the Holy Spirit. There's a great passage where Jesus is talking to his disciples and Philip says, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. We will be happy that. Show us the Father. And Jesus says to them, don't you know me, Philip? I've been here with you all the time. But what Jesus is saying is, if you look at me, and if you look at my life, then you know what the Father God is absolutely like. Because I am the exact representation of his being. Beautiful verse in Hebrews, one of my favorites that says that the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. So when you look at Jesus, you see the Father. The Holy Spirit is the same. The Holy Spirit comes to us to reveal Jesus to us in our hearts. He comes to testify of Jesus. So that revelation comes through Scripture you can know Jesus in the scripture. The, the scripture is referred to in the, in the New Testament as uh, theonutas, or God breathed. It means that by the Spirit, God breathed those words onto the page. Read your Bible, brothers and sisters. Get it into your heart. Read it, read it, read it. We have so many different ways and different options You can read it on paper. Uh, Some people still do that. Uh, You can have it on your phone. You can get a digital audio version version and have David Suchet, who was Hercule Poirot on TV. He'll read it to you. I like that one particularly myself. But you need to get God's word into your heart and into your mind. Your heart and mind are They're like a garden, right? And by feeding and watering it with good things, you have good things that will grow there. Stop feeding your heart on what the world has to offer. Feed it with God's Word. So the Spirit communicates directly to our hearts and minds. Also, He will never say anything to you. Those voices that you hear, Sometimes those voices are from you. Sometimes those voices are from Him. Sometimes those voices are from other sources. We need to learn to distinguish them, and God will help you. But the voice that God speaks to you by His Spirit will never contradict His Scripture, His Word. The other way that God communicates with us through the Holy Spirit is directly, Spirit to Spirit. That's a whole message all in and of itself, and I'll leave that for now. So those are different things that the Lord does to reveal Himself to us through, through His Spirit. What else is the Holy Spirit doing? Well, the Holy Spirit is testifying of Jesus and glorifying Jesus. John 16, 12 He said, I have much more, as Jesus said, I have much more to say to you, much more than you can hear now, but when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, because it is from me that He will receive what He will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will receive from me and he will make known to you. This sounds very much like what Jesus said in John, where he said, I do not speak of my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. So you see this really glorious parallel where Jesus came to glorify the Father and testify of the Father and speak what he heard the Father speaking. The Holy Spirit comes to us to speak what Jesus spoke to us and remind us of what Jesus taught us. That kind of also begs the question is what has Jesus said to you? Because that's what the Holy Spirit's going to remind you of. So if you if you haven't got the word of God in your heart, then what does the Holy Spirit have to bring to your mind and remind you of? That's why I say we need to study the scripture. We need to get the word of God in our heart. The word The scripture is like the language of the Holy Spirit. He uses it to speak to you. When the Holy Spirit comes, He comes with power. And that power transforms our lives. And that's different from religion. Okay, religion, there's a a verse that says that, in the end days, they will have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. So you could have this form of godliness, this form of discipline, this system of morality, this check boxes of things that you do. But if your heart's not transformed, it's all worthless. What we want is we want our hearts to be changed. That's how God is actually changing the world around us. He's changing the world around us one heart at a time. That's why it's so important um, that we share Jesus and we witness to people one-on-one. Because that's how the world changes. One heart at a time. It doesn't change really through activism, through politics, through those kind of things there's no power in those things to change the heart. You can change people's external behavior, sure. That's kind of easy. But it's really hard to change someone's heart. It takes power. It takes real power to change a sinner into a saint. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. So the other thing that God is doing by His Spirit is transforming us. It says in Romans 8.29, For those who God foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So what what is God trying to do? He's trying to make you like Jesus. That's what He's trying to do. He's trying to make you like Jesus in the unique way that He created you to express that. So, One of the other ways that we learn about God is we look at our brothers and sisters and we see the work that the Holy Spirit has done in their lives. Like I can look at Nick and I can say, I see Jesus in him. I don't see Jesus in Nick the same way that I see him in Bev, but I see him. It's unique. It's what God is doing in each one of you is very unique, but it's an expression expression of His image, of His glory. It's your heart being transformed by the Holy Spirit. So once the Holy Spirit enters your life, He wants to change everything about you. He wants to change the way you think about things. He wants you to think about things the way God thinks about things. That transformational work that God's doing in your, in your heart is both tearing down and building it up. The tearing down part, the scripture, scripture is very keen on agricultural metaphors. It talks about pruning. I don't know a whole lot about pruning, but I know that the purpose of pruning is to produce more fruit. And so God is tearing some things down in your life by his spirit. But he's also building things up. There's this kind of war going on. There's something in us that fights against God's spirit. And there's something in us that prays for more of God's spirit. There's this battle. The scripture refers to the part that resists God as the flesh. It's us apart from God. But the Spirit's in there doing battle. It says if we're led by the Spirit, we're not under the law. We're free. If we walk by the Holy Spirit and we're led by the Spirit, then we can have confidence that God is conforming us to the image of His Son and that's what we want. I could go on a little bit and talk about the gifts of the Spirit hopefully another time I get an opportunity to do that, and the fruit of the Spirit. And I know one of the brothers uh, is going to be sharing in the next couple weeks on that fruit. So another thing that the Lord is doing in our lives is he's imparting gifts and he's producing fruit. So the gifts are varied. There's many different gifts of the Spirit. I'll just say without going into detail on them, That the gifts that he gives us are for others, primarily. They're to bless others. So he gives us gifts of like understanding and knowledge and wisdom, healing, all those things. Those are for others. Those are to build up the body of Christ. The fruit is also for others. Because as we bear fruit in our lives, people taste and they see that the Lord is good. See what he's doing. But we also get the benefit of those fruits. Jesus said that he came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. And I believe that abundance of life is as the Holy Spirit produces his fruit in us, we get to taste of that fruit. And that is the abundant life. It's love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Who doesn't want more love, joy, and peace in their life? And the good news is, you can have it. You can have it. If we listen to the Holy Spirit, if we allow ourselves to be led by His Spirit, if we learn to walk in step with His Spirit, not ahead or behind, but in step with Him, then He produces these wonderful things in our lives. Please pray with me. Holy Spirit, help us to hear and obey your voice. We desperately need your power to transform our hearts. We ask that you would show us more of the Father and the Son so we might know your joy. We ask that you impart your gifts to us so we might better serve you and be witnesses for you. And we ask that you produce your fruit in us so that others can taste and know that you are good. Holy Spirit, you're in us, and we pray you would more and more live through us until the day you walk with us into the place where Jesus is, amen. Hi again. Just a reminder to let us know that you're listening by heading over to bgcovenant.org connect. If you're ready to be known, we'd love to know you. And we hope you'll join us soon, every Sunday, in person or online. Thanks for listening.